Welcome to HB RV Lifestyle, the podcast. Today's episode, you're going to have to forgive me, but my nose is clogged. I just, I haven't gotten over these, this allergy attack I've been going through. So there's going to be a little bit some long pauses with me sniffling a little bit. So please just bear with me because I think you're going to, you're, you're going to at least take the information I'm going to give you today and let it rattle in your in, in your brain a little bit. Make you think a little bit. I, I've been very cautious right now about talking about the conflict that's going on uh, in Ukraine and Russia. And now that Hamas and Israel are now at war, uh, I believe it's just time for me to speak. First off, uh, a lot of this is very scary. I'm, I'm scared not because I'm afraid of getting the United States getting attacked. I'm not worried about us getting attacked here in the United States. And I'll explain a little bit why later. I'm more worried about the world economy and the consequences of so much death and destruction and it's going to play a role for the next 10, 15 years. This, this, we will feel this shockwave 10, 15 years from now. This is not simply just going to be a four or five day war and then it's over. This is going to drag on just like the Iraq war just like the Afghanistan war, we're going back in. It's going to happen. We're going back to war. We never left. If you want to be reality, it's, it's, it's as if they just don't want us to leave. Having two major conflicts at the same time are going to put a real squeeze on oil prices. That doesn't just affect us here in the United States and Canada and Mexico. It doesn't affect North America only. This affects the entire world. First off, let, let's, let's look at it this way. If the conflict between Israel, Iran, uh, Hamas, whoever's really involved, we don't even know all the major players yet. We just know Israel's bombing the crap out of Gaza right now. That's all we know. We don't know who the major players are yet. We have an idea who the major players are. We have a great educated guess based on information we've collected and information of different folks in the Middle East that have taken responsibility or have taken, um, they basically confirm that they are a part of it. But we don't know everybody yet. But we will. It'll come out. Always does. But let's just say, heaven forbid, Turkey is against Israel right now. If you listen to their president or prime minister, he has basically said some very vile things about the Jews. So if this war spreads into Eastern Europe and Central Europe and anywhere along the Mediterranean, imagine places like Tuscany, places in Egypt, 
North African coast along the Mediterranean? Do you think that those people do not depend on tourism and trade for their economies to feed their families? They do. So if there's a war that spreads through the Mediterranean and into Eastern Europe and Northern Africa, where there are Muslim countries, it's going to hurt economies as bad or if not worse than the COVID lockdowns. Because let me, let me tell you, a lot of countries may not like us as a people because we do some dumb stuff. Like this whole gender fight and this whole BS crap that we all attack each other with on a daily basis here in this country. They laugh at us and hate us for it. But they depend on us. They depend on Mexican tourism. They depend on Mexicans and Central Americans that are in the middle to upper class of those countries to fly over and vacation in Italy, Turkey, Greece, Egypt, especially Cairo, Saudi Arabia also has certain sections of its country that depend not just on oil but also on tourism. So these extremist groups that are attacking Israel and Israel attacking them is not good for all Muslim countries and it's not good for all European countries because just like what happened during 9-11, air travel was pretty much non-existent for a long time. People do not like to fly from Canada United States, Brazil, Argentina, over to a conflict area. Go ask Moscow. Moscow depends a lot on tourism. St. Petersburg depends on tourism. If you actually look at the numbers of tourists that have visited these certain Russian countries, it is Dove. Poland, their tourism has crashed. Most of Eastern Europe, Northeastern Europe, in through the Baltic Sea, they have their tourism cut down because of the threat of the Ukraine-Russia war bleeding into their country. People don't like to travel where there's conflict. Let's face it. And by the way, this is not being talked about. What's being talked about is all political horse manure and crap. They're not talking about the death toll that this is going to take on several countries. Several innocent people are going to die over these two wars. And these two wars could bleed into something bigger. And now we're sending, we are going to send, guys, I don't care if they said it or not, Biden, the Senate, House of Representatives, they might be infighting and trying to get a leg up on each other about the situation politically, but let's face it, we're going back to war with the Middle East. We pretty much are the Russia 
of the 1980s and 90s. Where when we leave the conflict and decide to walk away, we're dragged right back into it. And we're getting dragged right back into this thing. And in this case, we're going to be the bad guy. The United States is going to end up the bad guy because we are so full of horse manure and crap and hypocrisy. Because we're so divided as a people that no one believes anything that comes out of our mouths anymore. You have four specific politicians that are okay with Hamas raping and killing people. Raping women and children. They don't condone it. They don't tell you it's wrong. They just tell you that we're wrong in supporting Israel. Where's our common sense at? Where did common sense go? Did it just go out the bloody window? Did it just decide to disappear and go into the atmosphere? Let's think about this in a logical manner for a moment. Human life is so precious. We only get one of them. Every one of us has an expiration date on our bodies. Some reach 50, some reach 105, 110, 70, 75. To go send young men and women to war. You, you take the chance of them leaving this world before their time. And for what? For religion? In the name of Allah? In the name of God? How many times have religious wars been fought and actually got somewhere? Can't name one. I was a very good student of history. And not once did a war against another religion or war against a people over who they worship has ever turned out good for either side. Now most people don't understand there is a difference. You are going to fight for your own country. Okay, let's look at it from this perspective. The Russia-Ukraine war makes more sense than this Hamas attacking Israel. Because Russia wants land. Russia wants to strengthen its defensive position and wants to regain part of its trade route that it lost when Ukraine separated from Russia. Ukraine is fighting back against Russia to defend their independence and to defend their country. That's separating the politics, guys. That's separating all the the cheesme, the 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 in, in English it'd be like gossip. I call it gossip. You can call it whatever you want. 
But separate Fox News' bullcrap, separate Hannity and Tucker Carlson and Anderson Cooper and Don Lemon and all the people. Separate them for a second. Out of the picture. What is the reality? It's a war over land. It's a war over trade routes. It's a war over something we can feel and touch. Not over a book. Whose book is, is, is the truth? The Koran or the Bible? And the Old Testament Bible in that respect. Whose God is stronger? Whose belief in God is stronger? Whose traditions are better and more according to God or Allah? Get out of town, man! We fight against extremist groups in our own country. Antifa, the Ku Klux Klan. I can name a few others, but I'd probably get kicked off of the network here on Spotify or, or on Apple Podcasts. But you know who I'm talking about. There's four other groups besides the Ku Klux Klan and Antifa that are extremist terrorist groups domestically. You can figure out who the other four are. They're not easy to know. Their groups and extremist groups always have an extreme view, either left or right of the political spectrum or left or right of the religious spectrum. It's not cool. It's not fair. It's not, it's not good to continue to battle over something that is written in a bloody book. Really. Now, what does this mean for us here at home economically? Because the first thing that, that I've had a conversation with a few gentlemen that are a lot smarter than me. Well, they might not be smarter, but they're more educated than I am. And we had a great discussion, a five-way phone call where we were all talking about what could come out of this that would be negative for the United States. Well, let's start with this. If you live in California you're probably going to see 12 to $15 a gallon gasoline by Christmas. Okay, now let's put that in perspective for one minute. 12 to $15 a gallon for gasoline basically means that whatever trip you have planned, whether you're going to go camping, RVing, you're going to visit family for the holidays somewhere in another state or another city. If you actually calculate it out, it's going to cost you an extra $65 round trip. $65 round trip with a V8 truck, gasoline truck, to make that trip. Okay, and that's going 300 miles. It's going to cost you 65 extra dollars round trip. 3250 each way extra when we hit $12 per gallon. And it's coming in California. For the rest of the country, because the taxes are lower, because a lot of things are lower, like Nevada, where I live, where I live in Nye County in Pahrump, Nevada, I predict $6 a gallon, about half. Right now, we're hovering right about 458. 
we're going to end up right around the $6 to $6.50 mark, and that's as far as it's going to go. Most of the other countries are going to see $5, $5.50. California is going to get absolutely battered and destroyed. So what can the government do or what will the government do to combat that? Because first of all, let's be very clear about something. If the Democrats think that they can have people pay $6 a gallon in gasoline, watch food go through the roof because of transportation costs, things go absolutely nuclear in the retail market for Christmas, and they think they're going to get reelected next year, they're not that dumb. People call the Democrats and Republicans stupid. They call politicians stupid. But they're going to politically pick a, a lane or tool that they're going to have to use to combat the next problem. And the next problem is going to be barrels of oil prices, the cost of goods. So how do you combat it? There's only one way to combat it, and that's to drop interest rates back below 1% and they know it and it's going to happen folks if you don't think that when the price of oil hits hundred and fifty dollars a barrel by Thanksgiving and it's coming and if you don't think it's coming you're mistaken it's coming and by the way if you know me you know I predicted the lockdowns I predicted the entire crash of the economy I predicted the boom of the economy in fact, guys, here's the interesting part about the whole thing. We had an extreme boom in the RV business, and all anybody did was cancel orders back in 2020. They panicked. Every dealer panicked. And I was going to every dealer, anybody that would listen to me and say, buy absolutely everything right now. What? If you got the flooring and you got the money, you got the cash, you got the space, stuff your lot so full of RVs that you can't breathe. You'll sell them all within six months and you'll make more money than you've ever imagined. Five guys listen and five guys are retired on an island. Everybody else now is in the same stroke position we were in before the pandemic. You got dealers closing, all that stuff. So listen to me when I tell you my prediction meter is based on evidence and facts from not only the past and how our behavior acts during a time of crisis versus where we're at right now. Interest rates in 2011 went down because Obama and the Fed finally had decided that trying to combat $5 a gallon in gas back in 08, 09, and 10, started with Bush, continued with Obama, they thought that it was proper to just tighten up the banking, tighten up the Fed, tighten up everything, and it'll correct itself and they found out it was destroying our economy. You had an election year coming up. Obama's a smart man. His economic advisors were smart. They dropped interest rates below zero. And then they loosened up regulations and let the banks just start handing out free money again. Guys, in 2011, I had interest rates in this RV business at 1.99%. Retail, 
not wholesale what we buy the rate rate from for the bank retail rates at 1.99 it was like that for almost a year and we slowly climbed out of it we didn't climb out of it overnight 2012 2013 that's when the boom started happening but it loosened up enough where people started spending money again that's the only combat we have is a stimulus package back to the economy to get food prices and capital available when cheap money is available and capital is available it lowers or steadies the price of goods when the price of oil and gasoline and transportation shoot through the roof proof in the pudding is during covid with the business i was in rates were at 3.99 4.99 on rvs it made payments affordable it made capital easy to get access to whether you think it's wrong or right that people made a bunch of money that's your own business your own moral compass you got to guide yourself through but the point of the matter economically the only tool they have left is to take rates from where they're at around seven percent in a mortgage and get them back under one percent wholesale go back to 0.49.75 make capital available again to companies at a cheap rate so that way the cost of goods flatlines it's the only tool we have left in the coffer when this occurs there's nothing else okay now there is a secondary point to this the second way of doing this won't happen under this administration the biden administration will not drill oil they're not going to open up drilling they're not going to open up energy they're not going to finish the key keystone pipeline xl i'm sorry we're gonna to have to wait for republican to get into the presidency for any major energy policy changes to occur so they only have one tool now if trump was in office which he's not or if desantis or even robert kennedy i'm going to go as far as robert kennedy as well if robert kennedy was in office you don't have to drop rates below one percent robert kennedy is an example love the man they went independent by the way i'm actually going to vote for him my vote is for robert kennedy as an independent not as a democrat love the man for what he did the other day and i congratulate him i hope to god he wins that battle because that's a hell of a war he's going to face but going back to it he would drill so you could drop rates down below three percent or below four percent somewhere around there between three and four percent at the fed you cut the rate down by two and a half percentage points and then you can drill oil in the United States and become energy efficient. Sorry, not energy efficient. Energy independent. Energy independent. That's the other tool in the coffer to be able to combat the price of oil because now the U.S. sets the price of oil. Which would, in fact, get OPEC or OFEC or whatever they want to call themselves these days. It would get them to start producing more oil because now they have a competitor. You see what I mean? So there's tools in the tool chest, and they're going to whip them out. They're going to wait to the last freaking minute, because politically, if they don't wait to the last minute, they have nothing to say, like, Biden's going to use it, and next year is 
I save the U.S. economy by making the Fed drop rates below 1%. But I waited to just before Christmas so that way you guys could go borrow a bunch of money. But when you lower rates, it also allows capital to go into companies at a cheaper, easier rate. It'll help businesses stay in business that are having trouble, including Fortune 500 companies that are on the verge of bankruptcy. It'll help a lot of people. It'll help a lot of fans. It'll help a lot of people in the long term, economically here in the United States. But it, here's the downside, guys. As much as I'm talking about what we need to do here at home and what we're going to do here at home, it still affects the world economy to the point where there's going to be people that are going to starve. This is a trickle effect. This is an old talk about levers being pulled. Hamas don't give a crap. They pulled a lever. They don't care how many levers they pull afterwards. But all those levers going down are going to create a mess that'll take the world several years to recover from. Australia, they'll be fine. New Zealand, Switzerland, probably even Britain and France may be okay. But Italy, Germany, Poland, Greece, Spain, Portugal, Cairo, Saudi Arabia, India, these countries are going to suffer. No one's traveling. No one's traveling. When there's major conflict, when there's rockets being shot in the air from hundreds of miles away and you don't know where that rocket's going to land. I, I, I'm, looking, I'm not looking forward to, but I'm looking for the statistics that come out in the next two weeks on canceled flights. I'm looking for how many canceled flights that each major airline goes through for international trips. It's going to be pretty big. How many of you are planning on taking a vacation and flying to Berlin? Or maybe Cairo, Egypt to spend the holidays. Or maybe you were going to spend uh, your, your a honeymoon or, or some kind of small vacation this fall in the Mediterranean. I bet you're second guessing it if you haven't already canceled your trip and canceled your flight. I bet you you've been thinking about it. Now why am I not worried about being attacked here at home? Because we have the biggest civilian army in the world. As much as they want to take our guns away, they won't. That's why I get sick and tired of the right-wing media. Oh, they're after your guns. They're coming for your guns. I am yet to see anyone come after mine. I have seven registered weapons and I'm yet to see anybody knock on my door and try to take them from me.
I have not had one person knock on the door and tell me, by the way, you're not going to be able to go to the shooting range anymore with your weapons. I still get to go to the shooting range. California, Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico. They can try. New Mexican governor tried. It's getting tied up in court. They're never going to allow it. It's just a big political stunt. Anytime they talk about taking away people's guns or taking away ammunition or taking away this or taking away that, we're going to take away your freedom. It always gets fought in court and they lose every time. But it's one hell of a political talking point to get votes from anti-gun voters. It's a great way of getting funding and fundraising from anti-gun voters. So just imagine, let's say we have 250 million people in this country that know how to shoot a gun. Do you think a country really wants to invade us? When half the population can defend their home, defend their state, defend their country? I know I'm capable. I know my brother's capable. Even my mother with a disability and disabled elbow is capable. Even my wife, who is not a not as is a pacifist and hates violence, she'll pick up a gun and shoot somebody to defend our home and defend our country. You don't think so? Try me. My kids would in a heartbeat. Your kids would in a heartbeat. There's only a small percentage of people in the United States of America that would cower and whimper into a corner and cry for peace and scream and yell and protest while other people are getting shot and killed. Small, very small, probably less than 3% of our population in the United States. I'm going to tell you, if somebody attacked this country again and did it in force with a military, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. All those Democratic and Republican registration cards we all fill out for voting, they're going to get thrown in a bonfire and everybody's going to be one party. And that's called the America, United States of America Party and we're going to go kick ass. So that's why I'm not worried about us. The only people dumb enough to attack us in the United States of America are cowards that take over planes. Cowards that suicide bomb themselves. No country, no group would dare attack us because they're scared out of their minds that they would lose badly. Yes, we have a great military. Yes, we have great technology, but nothing beats folks up in the Appalachian Mountains with hunting rifles that know the lay of the land, and you're going to come and try to take on those guys? As free and liberal and peace on earth and hippie smoking weed as Colorado and Washington State are, as bad as Antifa and the Ku Klux Klan are, go ahead, come to our country. Antifa will turn itself into militia and start destroying the enemy. That's the problem we're having in this country. It's been a long time since we've had a common enemy that we all can get behind and say, no, we ain't going to put up with it. 
We haven't had that for a very, very long time. Our education system would totally change if we were at war. Look at the 1960s. Let's look at the hippie movement for a minute. Just, just, just rock your cranium for a minute. Think about the 1960s and 70s. Disco, hippie movement, kumbaya, sex with no protection, let's make abortion illegal, all that stuff. We get into the 80s and we have a common enemy that is, the, they were a bigger threat in the late 70s and 80s than they ever were at any other point in human history, the Russians. They get amassed massive economic power, great allies. And we were no longer, oh, who's communist, who's a spy, like it was in the 50s and early 60s. There was a period of time where people hated the fact that we were at war with the Viet Cong. The Viet Cong War did nothing for our country but just split us apart. This Ukraine War is doing nothing but splitting us apart. We don't have that common enemy anymore that we used to have that says, we need to band together and make this work. I don't care if you're left, right, center politically, we're Americans. Guys, we are the freest country on earth. We are free. All this bull crap that we go and talk about that makes no sense, we have the freedom to do it and talk about it. If you talked about transgender studies or homosexuality in probably the super majority of countries in the world, you'd be hanged or beheaded or thrown in a deep, dark dungeon to never be heard from ever again. We have this amazing freedom in North America that allows us to talk about and create conversation whether it's common sense or not. It's the beauty of our country. We are a country of immigrants. We are a country of mixed families, mixed cultures, mixed religions. And we all have one thing in common. We want to be free. We won't be left alone. We want to live our lives. And now our common enemy is each other. And a lot of that is because social media. I blame it a lot on social media. Even though I use social media a lot for business and to make money and to expand my brand for advertising, there's a lot of things that are on there that less than 1% of people get the, view, the, the, the super majority of views, and that's because what they have to say, people who they pay attention to and hate, or pay attention to and love, or they just enjoy the drama. A transgender man that goes on TikTok gets more views than somebody teaching you how to fix your plumbing at home. Because everybody loves the drama, the hate, the love. How about a country that's so free that a woman could take off her clothes, 
get a couple of toys or a couple of partners and make money independently using a website called OnlyFans. How about a country that is so free that if you don't like that you don't have the freedom of something, you have the ability to shout it out in the middle of a street and not get in trouble. How about that? It doesn't matter what our skin color, our sexual orientation, who we love, who we hate, what our political affiliations are. It doesn't matter. We are all one people. We are a, company, a country of immigrants and we are one people. We're Americans. And I disagree with a lot of the right-wing media. I disagree with Fox News. I disagree with Ben Shapiro a lot. I disagree with Hannity a lot. The beauty of this country is if you hate what's going on, you can speak up about it. If we weren't allowed to speak up about things that we are upset about in this country, we would not have Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. We would not have George Washington. We would not have Abraham Lincoln. We would still be under British control. We'd still be part of the British colonies. The founding fathers, I know people say that they turn in their grave, but if you are exercising your freedom of speech based on something that you feel is unfair, if you're black and you feel like you're being treated differently because of your skin color, you have the right to speak up and you should speak up. If you're a homosexual couple, you're a lesbian or gay couple who are being told they can't, you can't get married, you have the right to speak up and say something. It doesn't mean everybody has to agree with you. That's the other beauty of this country that nobody talks about. We have to get back to some common sense, though. This war that's going on between Israel and Hamas needs to teach us about common sense. You're probably wondering, what kind of common sense are you talking about? I'm talking about the common sense that says things like this. Gender studies should be saved for college. Teaching children under the age of 14 about sex of any kind, homosexual, heterosexual, transgender, anything of that nature, is not common sense. Save it for high school. Just like when I went to high school. Save it for high school. That's common sense. Third graders don't need to learn about what sex is of any kind. Anal, oral, they don't need to hear any of that. They don't need to be paraded around in front of cross-dressers. That's common sense. That doesn't mean you shouldn't be a cross-dresser because if you feel like you're a woman or you feel better as a man or you feel better as a woman to dress as the opposite sex, I give you tons of credit. Be you. Be what makes you happy. No one has any right to tell you not to do it. But where to do it? Common sense. That's the difference. Common sense 
of where it's appropriate and when it's appropriate to do things. That right there, that right there, that's what we're missing. That's all we're missing in this country is just common sense. And these wars need to give us that lesson that we need to come back to our reality. We need to get back to what made us strong and that is common sense thinking. Defunding police is not common sense. Psychological evaluations of cops to make sure you weed out the idiots is common sense. Hiring psychiatrists in the masses to deal with police brutality victims and police officers that may or may not show signs of being an idiot is common sense. But to completely defund a law enforcement agency is dumb. Educating our youth in math, reading, writing, arithmetic, <clears throat> common sense. Teaching about gender studies and liberal arts is not common sense. Teaching inner city kids that are possibly are at high risk of joining gangs about entrepreneurship, starting their own company, starting their own business, creating free trade school, free trade school where a kid in the inner city that's bored in high school can go and learn to be a plumber or an electrician and make a living where they can get out of the inner city. That's common sense. That's a policy that should have been done years ago. Free college tuition and free loan forgiveness for going to university, that's not common sense. Because, and here's the difference, guys. The, di the biggest difference between making trade school free and making university free is university, you get to pick and choose your classes. Oh my God, I'm gonna take this extreme gender studies class. Or if I'm a dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna learn about the liberal arts. That crap doesn't get you anywhere. It may make you a more rounded and cultural person, but it doesn't it doesn't help you in the real world. If you're a guy, it might get you laid, but it's not a practical degree to get you a proper job that's going to feed your family and pay your student loans off. <laughs> Let me put it this way, guys. The only people screaming and yelling for free college are the ones that don't want to go get an education that actually gets them somewhere. You don't hear doctors. You don't hear lawyers. They complain they have to pay their loans back, but they don't complain about the loan itself because they're going to make a ton of money. But why not? Because we are so short on on labor. And I'm talking about labor. I'm talking about the guys that know how to put an electrical system together and build buildings. The guys that are steel workers. The guys that are carpenters. The folks out there that know how to do plumbing. 
the folks that know how to build cars. We are missing out on those trades. If you made school free for people to learn to be a truck driver or learn to be a heavy equipment operator, not everybody's going to choose it. But a lot of guys, especially guys I knew growing up, I grew up in the ghetto. I grew up in an area where the Bloods and Crips moved out of L.A. to. I was the only white boy in the neighborhood. Do you know half of the guys I went to school with, if you asked them today, hey man, if you were in high school and you could be a plumber and learn to be a plumber for free, and you could only have to go to 18 months of school, and you're going to come out of college back then at $19 an hour, which is a lot of money back in 1999 and 2000, they would go, you mean I can get out of the gang I'm in and get the hell out of, out of, the, out of the ghetto? I'm in. You know how many guys, not everybody, but you know probably half of the kids that live in inner city Chicago in the bad neighborhoods or live in New York City in the bad neighborhoods and the barrios, do you not think that they wouldn't like do anything like that? They would do it in a heartbeat. Give me a lunch pail and a hard cap hat. Give me a belt, a lunch pail, and a hard hat. I'm off to work. You mean I can own a home in the suburbs? <laughs> I'm in. You mean I have a union? I got the possibility of joining a union and getting health benefits, something I haven't never had in my whole life because my mom and my dad grew up in the projects or, or raised us in the projects where there's nothing but drug dealing and murder? If you don't think that the black and Hispanic community wouldn't jump on that, you're idiots. If you don't think that a kid who has a choice between picking up a gun or picking up a wrench wouldn't pick up the wrench, you're an idiot. If you really think that those kids in the inner city wouldn't rather have a, a power tool in their hand than a gun, you're an idiot. Most human beings do not want to kill each other. Most human beings don't want to hustle and sling drugs. Most women do not want to be prostitutes and porn stars. Most people just want to learn learn a trade, go to work, have a little bit of security, have a little money in the bank so they can do something, like maybe take a vacation once a year. Everybody's happiness is different. I really believe we just don't think of the things that are common sense items in this country. We depend on Fox News and CNN and MSNBC and extremist left and extremist right views to dominate our country now. And look where that's gotten us. We've got two wars that happen right underneath our nose in the name of conservatism or in the name of liberalism. In the name of making politicians more powerful. And separating further the ability of the middle class to support this country. You're shrinking the middle class on purpose because we chose to as the people. Because we don't think about the common sense things. If you want to know that trade school used to be free, it used to be paid for by the unions. 
I don't know if you guys know that. Trade school, years ago, was done in high school. Wood shop, metal shop, automotive shop. Those trades were taught in high school. Plumbing, carpentry. My junior year of high school in 1999 was the last year I saw any of those trades being taught in high school. And if you want anybody to blame, don't blame Joe Biden. Don't blame Barack Obama or Donald Trump or Bush or Clinton or Bush Sr. Go look in the mirror and blame yourself. That's who you need to blame. You voted for these idiots and these cowards. If you live in California and you wonder why it's going to hell, go look in the mirror. You guys keep voting the idiots in. If you're on welfare or disability and you're wondering why your life is still so bad, go look in the mirror, man. You voted for those people that created these policies that prevent you from living a life you want to. I bet you if you could teach a guy in a wheelchair who can still use his hands, still use his arms, still see, but he's paralyzed from the waist down, or maybe he's so bad with his back, maybe something happened to his back at work, and now he's on permanent disability. I bet you if we change the laws where that gentleman could work part-time on a computer to do some kind of technical support for a company and not lose his disability? I bet you he'd work in a heartbeat. I bet you a mom of seven or eight, I bet you a single mom who's at four baby daddies, if you told her tomorrow that Section 8's only going to cover half, or, or we're going to cut your, your EBT card or whatever it's going to be down. But instead of you doing that, we're going to send you to nursing school so that way you can have a job that makes you $70,000 a year. If you don't think that single mom wouldn't in a heartbeat go to school for free to become a nurse, you're an idiot. People do not sit around to be lazy just to be lazy. Now, are there people that do? Absolutely. There are people that try to buck the system all the time and try to take advantage of it. Don't you dare think they don't. There are those people. Very small percentage. It's not what it, it's it's not that way because a lot of people feel like they have no choice because here here's a good example. You go on social security disability and you make more than $12,000 a year on the side, they take away your benefits. So you get $2,800 a month for the rest of your life. $2,800 doesn't do jack. It puts you in poverty-style housing. You barely feed yourself, barely pay the medical bills.
But what 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 if we got rid of that that idiotic game plan of let's punish people for making money? What if we got rid of that? What if we took a guy, let's say it was a black man who's in the inner city who destroyed his knee chasing his NFL dream, NBA dream, baseball dream, whatever it may be, has to be put on permanent disability because he can't put too much pressure on his leg and he may be in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. What if we could teach that guy, that gentleman, what if we could send him to a trade school where he learns how to fix problems for Google? And he works part time. And he makes 30 grand a year at his job and 30 grand a year disability. That's a living wage. Because after taxes, he's going to make 3200 a month. That's enough to have a nice little apartment. That's nice enough to be able to have some transportation, to be able to get around to his doctor's appointments with his wheelchair. And he's a part of society. Do you think that guy's going to go out and do drugs? Do you think he's going to do stupid stuff? Like try to sling things on the side, cash? No. But we, we don't give these, we don't give anybody, we don't give anybody the opportunities. We just take away. That's all we do as a society. We just keep taking away. Let's tax more people, and then we'll disguise it by telling everybody we'll tax the rich. Bull crap, you ain't going to tax the rich. Ain't going to happen. The rich represent 43% of the tax revenue in this country. 43% federal. You want them to pay all of it? That ain't going to happen. You want to talk about a dystopian country you'd have after that? You guys have no idea how close we are to losing probably the top 5% of our, our richest people in, the, in our country. We're getting real close. Saudi Arabia just offered permanent citizenship to anybody that carries a bank account over a billion dollars. Which means they can move their entire company entire operation overseas to Dubai or someplace in the Middle East pay zero tax and never pay a dime of tax in the United States on anything and stay rich. What do you think that's going to do to this country? The rich pay their fair share, guys. And they're rich for a reason. Whether you like them or not. Throughout human history, there's been the rich and the poor. This is the first country that has a decent middle class and it's fading. It's been fading for the last 30 years. The only way we're going to keep our middle class is if we get some common sense and stop fighting over stuff that doesn't matter. 
Let's get back to common sense. Teach kids what's right in school, not what you think they need to hear. Or not what you think you want to tell them. Let's get back to the basics. Let's stop worrying about a guy next door that dresses like a drag queen. If he wants to dress in women's clothing and walk around the neighborhood, God bless him. It's his free right as a human being. If a woman wants to go and get an abortion, God bless her. It's her right as a human being and an American. If somebody wants to do OnlyFans, God bless them. Let's get back to the basics, folks. Till then, be safe. Have a good night.